0: Blog talk Radio. Welcome to the Car Session Sports Report I'm your host, Jov As always, Car Session provides a break from the monotony That is Sports Talk on a 24-hour cycle So let's get right into it I gotta be honest with you listeners, man Summertime in sports can sometimes be a very slow time period. You know, you got to reach and grab for stories. You you, got to try to piece together content to put together full and thorough shows that are still entertaining. But there's that random time in the summer where content just falls in your lap. And by golly, Colin Kaepernick has provided content Across all boards. Now, I know you're going to say, John, you said that Car Sessions is the break from the monotony. I didn't heard about Colin Kaepernick. All- Why did I want to hear you talk about Colin Kaepernick? Well, because on Car Sessions, we discuss what it is. You know, when I say we, I talk about myself, the host, and all the members of the Car Sessions family who are regulars on this show. We discuss what it is. We don't have agendas. We don't have angles. We discuss what it is. And when it comes to the, uh, excuse me, this whole Colin Kaepernick situation, on the surface, eye level, I agree with what he's talking about. I agree with the approach that he's taking. In the end, you have to, you know, take a stand. You just can't, you know, sit in the sidelines and hope someone else does it. You can't wait for someone who is at a higher position than you, with a higher authority than you, to step up. At some point, we the people have asked for minorities, or even in Kyle Kaepernick's case, you know, a biracial person, he's still a half minority, to, to step up. Because in the end, people on the ground level like myself, who are nine to five, we don't have the platform. Yes, I have the blog talk platform, but I'm not a millionaire. You know, I don't, I don't have a, a generated platform Where I can reach hundreds and millions of people So we need athletes We need celebrities We need political figures To to speak up and state the obvious And Colin Kaepernick Stated the obvious And that's what, you know I feel like it's getting missed here All weekend long I'm seeing people attacking the credibility Of Kaepernick I'm seeing people Trying to dissect certain words being used and, and tilting the discussion away from the obvious And I gotta tell you I gotta tell you It's pretty sad to see that the obvious Can be tilted away Last night on Twitter I stated that Colin Kaepernick's approach to the situation has allowed a lot of people, millions of people, because I've been reading tweets, I've been seeing reactions, has allowed people to bury the lead. It's really not necessarily about the flag and about the military and all other things that the media and certain people have tried to make it about. It's really about racism in America. But again, we all live, we live here. Continental US, we know what it is We see the obvious So why is it that we're, We we want to hold on to the flag We want to hold on to words like oppress, And veer away from the fact that What he's talking about, everything he said And all of his quotes has been Ran through all the media cycles Everything he said is 100% accurate He's not saying anything false I mean Selfishly speaking I kind of wish That he hadn't sat down because the way the world works today, this is not the 60s or the 70s or the 50s or the 40s where we we dealt a lot more in the obvious as a nation as opposed to narratives and and agendas in today's world. Selfishly, I wish he wouldn't have sat down because then if he had just spoke out, we could have spent more time focusing on what he was talking about as opposed to what he did by sitting down and not saluting the flag in the anthem. Everybody's here talking about, oh, he's oppressed and he makes $19 million. That's not what this is about. It's not about how much money he makes. It's not about who he is. It's not about his stature. It's about him using the platform as a quarterback in America's most popular sport to state the obvious. What's funny to me is, is that as a lot of people here who, you know, when the greatest, Ali, passed away. they played a lot of quotes about his political trials and tribulations, you know. And a lot of these people saluted him for stepping up during his time. Colin Kaepernick does the same thing, gets vilified. They're trying to make him a pariah. LeBron James, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony at the Espies did the same thing. Maybe not – obviously the decibel level wasn't as high in terms of, of not saluting the flag, but they did the same thing. And nobody questioned them in terms of how much money they made and what are they talking about because they're millionaires. I didn't see that. But as soon as Colin Kaepernick says it, it's a problem. He makes $19 million as an average salary. LeBron James makes quadruple that. LeBron James is approaching billionaire status, and nobody questioned his paper spread. Nobody questioned it at all. A lot of people spent this entire weekend, approaching now, 7 p.m., Car Sessions is live. They spent this whole time questioning who said it as opposed to the what that was said. It doesn't matter that it's Colin Kaepernick and it's not, let's say, James Winston, who's in a better standing as a professional as of right now. The fact remains is that he said things that were true. And a lot of people here want to pull him down and talk about oh he he lived good, he he was raised by a white family, he's this, he's that. Who is this guy? What is his agenda? Why must a person talking about obvious racism in America as a quarterback who's not even a starting quarterback on his team, why should he have an agenda? I mean, come on, guys, it's twenty sixteen. It's twenty sixteen. All of this is obvious. I don't need to trade statute you about how many officers, you know, murdered white people as opposed to, excuse me, unarmed white people as opposed to unarmed black people. C- people, we know what it is in America. We know what's up. We know what happens here. I'm not justifying or qualifying anyone. I'm just a person from Brooklyn, New York, who ha- who's grown up in this country his entire life and has seen certain things and has had certain things happen to me, and I understand what it is. So, if a person of prominence, albeit you question the level of his prominence, states the obvious, why, why, why attack him? I don't understand the point of that. Why twist his words? You, you people held on to that oppressed word so hard when he never said he was oppressed. He was speaking about the people who've been oppressed. You know what I'm saying? I can't speak for Colin Kaepernick. I might have said the same thing a little bit differently. I might have even, I'm not going to say, I would have stood up for the flag. You know what I'm saying? Because I've learned, and this is what it is right now, people have to understand it. I've learned that it, and in this country today, you know, because of the car sessions, we keep it real here. The way things are set up today, everything that you do to get your message across and to make sure your message is received properly, you have to take the right channels. And I think being that he sat down, created a firestorm, His message is not being received the way it needs to be received, and that saddens me. But, you know, it's a sports show. I got a call coming in right now. I'm going to take it, and then we're going to veer it to some AFC West preview. Let's get this caller on. TJ, I'll be with you in a minute. Carl says is you live, with Jarvis, state your name. Where you from?
1: Jarvis, it's me, Marcus. What's up, man?
0: What's going on, brother? I didn't even expect to get you on tonight, man. What's good?
1: I I just – I couldn't – I was so overwhelmed with emotion. Obviously, it was an emotional weekend. Um, My condolences go out to Dwayne Wade and his family. Just really tragic, you know, coming on the heels of ESPN and the undefeated hosting, uh, like, town hall, quasi-town hall meeting slash conference about gun violence, only to turn around 24 hours later and hear the news that we heard. Just really tragic, um – and obviously, you know, my heart goes out to him and his family. Um, and I'm not even going to touch on Tony Romo and his, his back injury and the, the state of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to leave that for another day. I'm going to get straight to the beast at hand, which is the Colin Kaepernick situation. Once again, I'm not going to say white America, but racist America has reared its ugly head. Obviously, this country was built on double standards. We know that. We're not the only country with double standards. Everyone has their own, everyone lives by certain double standards. But this is utterly ridiculous. So on one hand, there's a segment of the general population that laments athletes for not speaking out or not being as vocal on issues. The argument goes that athletes are so removed from the average person's life because of their wealth that they can't relate or they don't have the courage to speak out because they don't want to lose sponsors or they don't want to lose endorsements. Colin right. Kaepernick sent a powerful message without even saying a word. You know, <laughs> I've always had the mindset that less is more. Think about it. What he did was essentially took, he took a stand without standing. And, then, and if you think about it in a literal sense, it's really crazy that by him not standing, which I've had confirmed sources, well, according to the media, He's been doing this all preseason. It just so happened that this game, he was captured. And if you guys go on com, your listeners out there, I wrote a piece on it. And in the piece, I wrote, you know, the snapshot of him on the bench alone, like that that, that snapshot of him by himself, is often synonymous with people who take the stand or take stands similar to ones that he did. They're all alone. Yes, yeah, they often left alone to defend themselves and to defend their position. Now, in his teammates' defense, he didn't inform them of what he was going to do, but he also said he didn't feel obligated to. So I'm not sitting here trying to make it seem like they left him hanging or they ostracized him or ridiculed him. I'm not trying to make it seem like that at all, but just him by himself on the bench while everyone in the stadium, everyone on that sideline was standing, sent powerful messages. And it's crazy because it's like you're free so long as you don't go against the status quo, so long as you don't go against the grain, so long as you don't buck conventional wisdom. Conventional wisdom says you live in America, you're an American citizen, you show respect to the flag, to the country, things of that nature. However, him being biracial, he had the eyes, he had the privilege of growing up seeing the world through both sides, the oppressor right. and the oppressed side. Who are we to criticize him because he identifies more with his oppressed side? Mind you, stating nothing but facts. You know, people say, well, why didn't didn't he stand up and do this years ago? You know, gun violence or blacks have been being killed by police officers, you know, for a while now. Why did he choose now to do it? I don't know. Everyone has different boiling points. Everyone has their minimum limit of what he can take.
0: It really doesn't matter when. The fact remains is that it's happening, and – just talk about ulterior motives. In the end, regardless of if he's a starting quarterback or not, he's risking everything by doing this. Like he he can get ran out of this country. He can be vilified. He could be blackballed by the NFL. Like he's putting it all on the line right now in the preseason. I don't understand why nobody's even taking that angle. Everybody's looking at motives and words that was chosen. The fact remains is he could probably not start a game in the NFL ever again. All because he chose to state the obvious and do something that a lot of people don't agree with.
1: Jarvis, I, I totally agree with you. And that's why I put in my article, I said, you know, I mean, I still find it comical. I know he hasn't played well over the last couple of years, but we're not too removed from when he first came into the league, when he had that breakaway speed, when he had right. that huge arm, when he won early and often and led the Niners to the Super Bowl. But he's now in quarterback competition with Blaine Gabbert. I find All it right. comical, but you're right. He might have potentially, and I hate to use the word, you know, loosely, he might have committed career suicide, because think about it. Who wants to sign what's perceived to be a mediocre quarterback at best who's also seen as unpatriotic by a large segment of football fans and non-football fans? You know what I mean? So he really <laughs> stepped out on the limb and took, you know, a huge leap of faith, which is why I encourage people. You know, I encourage your listeners. You may not agree with me. You may agree with me. You may disagree with me. But if you go on www.avenue.com and you search Marcus Lamar, you'll see the article that I just wrote. In fact, it'll be on the homepage. I encourage people to go read it, you know, because I have a really interesting take on it, you know. I feel that, you know, not white America, but racist America has reared its ugly head once again. And the backlash that Kaepernick is receiving is another in-your-face reminder that as far as we've come, we still have a long way to go.
0: I got to run, brother,
1: but it's been a pleasure, man. Hope you have a I great show. I appreciate
0: the call, man. Definitely. We, we'll do this no again soon.
1: All right, gotcha.
0: Yeah, man. All right, people. I'm sorry that I started car sessions on such a serious note. Yes, we like to keep it light here. But again, when you have a situation like this, it has to be talked about. We have to talk about it. You know, this is our country at the end of the day. We want our country to be represented as best as possible. When things like this happens, and I like how Marcus said, not white America, but racist America. Because it's not just white America who responded a certain way to Kaepernick. It's it's everybody. I've seen people from all races assault Kaepernick verbally. So this is not a race thing on car sessions. This is a forum. I love my country. I love everyone within this country. And I want us to be great. Not great again, but continue to be great. You know, I don't think America's not great, all this great again talk, all of this and that. We're great. And even greatness has times where, you know, it takes a step back. It's like it's a sports show. You know, you have dynastic franchises, and every now and again, you know, we don't win championships. Th- these kind of situations are not championship situations for our country. And I want us to continuously win championships like the men's basketball team in the Olympics. Keep getting those gold medals. But enough for the politics. It's the car session sports report. We're going to talk a little AFC West with the homie TJ, who's been waiting patiently. I know I told you 705, TJ, but sometimes things got to go a certain kind of way, man. What's good?
2: Ain't nothing, bro. It's nothing, man. Listen, as long as I got unlimited minutes, I'm good.
0: Uh, Here you go. (laughs) Selfish. What it is, though? What it is, man? I'm I'm putting the music on now. I'm changing the vibe of the show. I'm getting back in my my usual lane. I had to step outside, but I'm back in now.
3: No, I appreciate
2: that that you touched base on that because I totally agree with a lot of the points you guys made. And I'm not gonna go in depth about it, but like sometimes a voice needs to be heard, and that's all it is is a non. You cannot hear the voice, but the message that was relayed, and it should be heard regardless.
0: That's it. That's it. All right, T AFC West. Where would you like to start, sir?
2: Oh man. I really this this division I think will be really close. It doesn't matter to me which, whichever whichever way you're feeling, I'll I'll just follow your lead on that one.
0: I, I love I love when you do that. I I give you the ball and you pass it back. I'm not like I'm a team player. <laughs> I feel like Kobe in 06. I give it to L.O. gives me the ball back. Shoot the ball, Lamar. <laughs> no,
2: no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm just making the right play. That's it. Don't do that. I'm just making the right play. I ain't got the shot. I'm, I'm going to pass it off so you can make the shot. You got the wheel. <laughs> all
4: right.
0: All right. Let's be talking about things that are newsworthy, that are pertinent to the sports fans. Let's talk about the San Diego Chargers. And more importantly, Joey Bosa is finally officially a charger. Um, with this addition, although I don't think he's a systemic fit, what what does this do for the Chargers this season?
2: Having a Joey Bosa on board. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Absolutely okay. nothing. Like okay. he, he said to me, <laughs> they play a three-four, as you know. Right.
4: Right.
2: Which, if you're if you don't know what three-four is, listeners, basically three down linemen and four linebackers, and you two outside linebackers are able to rush. He's gonna be playing one of those two outside linebackers, but at the right. same time they also drop back in coverage, which I never seen him do while he was at Ohio State. I know he could rush with his hand on the in the dirt, but not as not standing up and just coming off the edge like that. So I don't like I was confused why they did this in the first place. I thought they were gonna go Jalen Ramsey because they did need some help at in the back like towards the secondary, but that's here. There, Chargers do the charges thing. Granted, they were hurt a lot last year, and they're starting to get a little bit. They're healthier now. Um, they get their offensive line back. I still don't see. I don't imagine much for this team. They could go underrated, but I still think they are a between a six and eight win team because they still right. have a good, a great quarterback. Probably the best, man. i say it, the best quarterback in that division. But I'm not sure about what else is around him aside from the Hall of Famer Gates. And then Allen is good. Don't know much about Girl. the defense. So, I got that vision for fourth, bro.
0: I feel like it's with this whole situation. Even the move to L.A. or the non-move to L.A., are they staying in San Diego? There's a lot of negative energy surrounding this team, TJ. When you look at their mm-hmm. roster, as you just said, there's nothing that jumps out at you. Okay, you got Joey Bosa, but as you said, he's not a 3-4 edge rusher. He, he's never been the most athletic guy. To come off the edge in the NFL in the 3-4, you got to be a beast. He's, he's he's a beast, but his hand is in the dirt. I, I like it. If it was a 4-3, I might like him coming off the edge. But speed rushing around the corner? Nah, I don't think that's Joey Bosa. But is that how they're going to use him? Who knows? He hasn't been in there for the entire training camp. So off the rip, when you're better when you draft somebody with the first-round pick, He's supposed to be good. He's supposed to be an impact player off the rip. And I don't see that happening here.
2: No, I totally agree. Like, they have the worst of all the teams that's in that division, all of them run the 3-4. And they have the worst outside Russia. You got Khalil Mack. You still got Lamar Houston. You still got Von Miller in that division. So, I don't see much of anything for the Chargers. They might be able to put up some points.
0: Yeah, they just lost their running back. A dude was pretty useful last year, Oliver, popped his uh, Achilles don't know what to expect from Melvin Gordon in the second year. I'm not really sure about him.
2: What's up? Well, yeah, my UB alum, uh, Brandon Oliver, hopefully he gets back into the field next year and everything. But, like, Melvin Gordon looks pretty good so far. Uh, hopefully he could stay healthy. Danny Woodhead is a, still a weapon coming out the backfield in terms of on passing situations. If uh, they could get something out of Keenan Allen, well, which I do believe they would because he was on pace to go over 150 catches last year before he got hurt. Right. So, but I but don't I look, see much I of look
0: that. At, him. I look at Keenan Allen. I'm not sure if his body... You know, Odell is, is small, but Odell is kind of frolic. But when you look at Keenan Allen as a similar body type, he's a little on the skinny side. So, I was like, I'm not sure if he could take that punishment over 16 games. We don't know if the quarterback is aggressive because... Philip Rivers did look a little average last season. The defense is is pretty much a shoulder shrug. So it's like this team is a strong last place. I agree with you, TJ. I, don't, I think there's three other teams in, in the AFC West that will be in a discussion in terms of postseason and being an upper echelon team, but the Chargers are just going to be watching. The Chargers might go 0-6 in a division this year, honestly.
4: Hey,
2: listen, I, that's totally plausible. I went and put it past them. Um I forgot who that. They got to play the AFC South too as well. Uh, yeah, I don't buy too much any. Both you and I are pretty high on a couple of teams in the AFC South. Right. Um, they still got to play the NFC South being with the Panthers in there. Like, I got them. They could, like I said, this division might be closer than what people think. I'm just going to put the onus on the shoulders of Phillip Rivers just because he is still a perennial top Top 10 quarterback in this league right. And you can't put right. nothing past the top 10 quarterback But aside from that like I can't buy too much into it So we both agree on that surprisingly Yeah, yeah I'm but
0: not but it, too
2: surprised Because we've been agreeing a lot lately
0: I mean, we, is, we, know know the, scary. we know the game, man it, it, Sometimes agreeing is a good thing But we're going to start disagreeing Once the game's unfolding We might start seeing different things But this is just a preview, you know?
2: Yeah, agree. Agreed.
0: All right, so I, I, I guess I'll go next.
2: I, I, I'll bring out the next squad. Shoot it, Lamar. I'm Shoot gonna, it. I'm going to go just like what you said with Lamar. I'm going to go with the Chiefs next. <laughs> um, they got Mr. Consistent and Andy Reid. Like, for some reason, like, I hated Andy Reid when he was in Philadelphia, but he always got that team ready to play and always with right. some contention of getting into the playoffs. Same thing applies with the Chiefs. A couple of years ago, or was it last year? A couple of years ago, I believe, where they lost a few games, and then they ripped off like 11 straight games and got into the playoffs. Yep. Like, Not Jamal, Jamal. This team is... Yeah, this team was predicated on defense. They don't do, they don't they wow you offensively, but they got a stud running back if Charles could come back healthy, which he already came back healthy from uh, ACL tear. if it wasn't for AP going extra ham that same season. He might have been the comeback player of the year that season. So, they've still got a consistent game manager and Alex Smith, he's not the best quarterback in that division. You could make, you could say he's the third best in that division, above whoever the Broncos put out there. But he still, he runs the system well. He doesn't make the mistakes that a lot of the quarterbacks might make. So, that dink and dunk offense, they got depth at running back after Charles with Spencer Ware and Carl Kentrick West. It sounds like a Pokemon, but that's not the hero there. So, Like And the defense is great Like Even though there's lost Sean Smith But their other corner who was a rookie last year He, I forgot his name But he like Marcus Peters Teams tried him And he was making plays Like he had like 8 picks or something like that Which is ridiculous So I'm not going to say that's going to transition towards this season But they depend on him for a reason And they, they believe in him If they could get Lamar Houston come back healthy Because I think that's the only reason why they lost that game against the Patriots Because they couldn't get a pass rush on Tom Brady I think Well one of the reasons But I think the Chiefs are still going to do well I got them actually second in the division though Okay Um, When I look
0: at the Kansas City Chiefs
2: They don't wow
1: me.
0: I like this team TJ I like this team I think that Alex Smith is the greatest game manager of modern era You know and with Andy Reid in and his system, it, it exasperates everything that he does well. Can he throw the deep ball? No. But can he run an offense and not mess things up, which is very important in today's NFL? Yes. We saw last year, even without Jamal Charles, they were able to reel off what an 11-game winning streak. Jeremy Macklin reuniting with Andy Reid, got back to the game that he was playing before, what's his name, over there in San Francisco almost ruined him. Chip Kelly. I like their running back rotation. Although Jamal Charles is going to come back, he's going to take carries away. Char Kendrick West proved to be very useful. Spencer Weir proved to be very useful. Travis Kelsey is a very useful tight end. The defense is nothing to sniff about. I'm a little worried about Eric Berry though. He didn't get paid the way he wanted to get paid. That could cause some issues. Is he going to play well? Is he going to keep being that anchor in the secondary? But if everything goes well, TJ, if everything goes well, and I'm I'm going to I'm going to lean on the, on the side of going well. I had this team winning the AFC West.
2: I can yeah. see that happening. I'm not. I can see that happen. I'm not going to put that against of uh, like they've been in there the past. what, the Cleveland playoffs the past two seasons. Like, like I said, Andy Reid is the model for consistency in terms of at least getting in the playoffs. Even though he only made the Super Bowl once, and that was the only reason why he was out in Philadelphia. I still feel like if he was in Philadelphia, he would still be a threat And with whatever transition of quarterback or whatever. He makes things happen. Yeah. Wasn't he there? No, that was Dick that was Kelly. But he did draft Nick Foles. And guess who's in City?
0: Nick Foles. Hey, I, I'll even argue that if they would have kept Andy Reid with the way the NFC is kind of broken down, they could have probably snuck another Super Bowl appearance in. You know, maybe last year would have been them instead of the Panthers if they kept the band together with uh, Shady McCoy and company. Who knows? Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Mackley. They had a squad, TJ. We're Giants, man. You know what that team was about. They could have, if not a Super Bowl, at least another NFC Championship game. appearance. They could have snuck something out there. I li- Andy Reid, he has that stigma of not being able to win the big one. But I like the vibe that is over there in Kansas City right now. They impressed me a lot. But as you just said, if they don't have a pass rush, that could be the one thing that could ruin everything. Because as you said, that playoff game against Tom Brady and company, Tom Brady was chilling. His uniform was clean. They need to find a way to attack. That being said, I like them to win the division. I believe that the Chiefs, the Chiefs are the team to beat coming out of the AFC West. It's not, I'm not having them run away with it, but I believe that they'll win about 11 games. I, I feel like 11 games will be enough to win that division.
2: Hey, listen, I got them second, so I do believe in this squad. I could see them winning 10 games, maybe 11. It's quite possible. I think it's going to be a battle with them and whoever I had at first. So since I, I who, went, i let you go ahead and pick the next squad. All right,
0: we got a call on the line. I, I think I might recognize the number, and if it's who I think it is, this will be the perfect transition, but let's get them on.
2: Okay. I, I think I know who that is. I think i just seen him on Saturday.
3: Yo, Raider Dre drain <laughs> yeah, I knew man. it. I knew it. I knew it.
0: I recognize the number. I'm like, this look like Raider Dre. Yo, we let, let, let's Yo. transition right into it. It's, you know what? I'm not even gonna speak, bro. This is your team. You've been itching to talk about the Raiders. Go ahead, man. Wait, what you got? Yo,
3: bud? um, I gotta agree. I got Kansas City coming in first. You okay. know what I mean? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Um, my Raiders has shown me nothing on defense in the preseason. Now, I, I hope we're using a vanilla scheme. And Because we, we played Tennessee in the season, so we really didn't want to show them everything we got. But they scored 27 points without punting before they punted, 27 in a row. Okay? So, my offense was clicking. I'm not worried about the Raiders' offense at all. I'm worried about that defense. We spend money on defense in the offseason. Uh, we got some, you know, young freaks called Joseph. We signed Sean Smith. You know, so I want Malcolm Smith is here. We got Bruce Irvin. You know, I just want to see a apply pressure to the QB. And if Mariota is eight to eight with 108 yards on his first eight passes, I got a problem with that, man. Honestly. So with that being said, I got my Oakland Raiders at like a nine and seven. If we exceed my expectations, I'll take the ten and six. You know what I mean? I don't okay. see 11 games in my forecast yet until next year. You know, the defense remains suspect to me. Until then. I got to go be in a wild card squad, straight up. You know, you
0: know what, man? I feel like the, the main position that your defense is missing to really go to that next level is middle linebacker. Like, I don't, I don't recognize any talent at that position. I
3: agree. It's Ben. You know, it's Ben Henney. It's Ben Henny. He worked hard. He's, okay. a, he's a he's a little Sean Lee like. You know what I mean? Um, he has to show me. We didn't spend no money and get a middle linebacker at all. We did not get a middle linebacker, and that is a problem for me. But my secondary was terrible also so you know I gotta be able to stop the run first apply some pressure we can do that you know with Khalil and crew you know we can apply pressure but stopping the run and stopping the pass man that's a problem for us man that's a problem for us and I ain't see no difference in the preseason
0: TJ what say you man
3: I'm gonna go the complete opposite way with you guys
2: I got the Raiders finishing first for this division now, with that okay. said, they do have uh, a good amount, a vast amount of quantity of pass rushers. You forget they have Alvin Smith. If he could stay out of trouble. Alvin Smith, let's not forget he was a few years ago. Like, he was one of those pass rushers you would consider, like with Von Miller as the best pass rusher in the league. So if he could still tap into that, they he could get after the quarterback just like Matt, just like um, Bruce Irvin. I do like Malcolm Smith as a linebacker. I think the issue might be at deep tackle or nose tackle. You have to be able to crumb up the front nose to start the run. I do like, um, what's his kid name? The strong safety you just mentioned later, Dre. I do Call like Joke. him. Carl Joseph. I do like him playing that strong safety spot. They got a good amount of corners. I do like Anderson. I do like um, Sean Smith. It's just a matter of applying pressure. That offensive, if that offensive side of the ball,
3: you know, he'll be good. What you say, about that pressure, I agree. That pressure is stopping that run. The D tackles have to step up. I need Mario Edwards Jr. to get over his injury and play ball like he did at the end of the season. Uh, you know, we did sign our O line now. What I do want to speak about is our O line and a young man named DeAndre Washington. Okay. okay. Um right. DeAndre is going to be a major weapon for us this year. Okay. Jack Del Rio, you know, I believe he reminds me of MJD when I watch him play. He looked like a little Maurice Jones on the low. So, like I said, the offense is not going to be a problem. We're going to move the ball. We're going to... A tight end on the low, Hurricane, five off, but he's going to shine too on the low. Um, The O is not the problem, man. It's the defense, man. Honestly, it's the defense, man. And until that D is right, I can't put us above Kansas City. Kansas City has better defense than the Oakland Raiders, man.
2: No, I I got got you on that one. I just want to put it like this, though. I think the fact that the Raiders coaching staff is made up of players that actually, like, been in the trenches and going through everything. Mm-hmm. I think that, play, that coaches that haven't played the game don't know the game. But I, to me, it's a little bit of a difference to being able to relate with players and what they're going they, through. They can with. relate
3: with the bra bra and getting them amped, for example. We got Ken Norman Jr., okay? Yes. He showed me he gets us amped up, but you got to show me scheme, man. You got to show Breath. me scheme. You got to show me. We blitzing off the corner. You showing me. Huh? We showing different fronts. We walking up in that 3-4. We backing out to that 4-3. Like, what are we doing? You just, he, he has shown me that he gets the dudes rah-rah. He gets them amped up. You know what I mean? He, he, he gets them charged up. They be fired up. You know? But the execution and the scheme and the defensive play calling is still suspect to me. On yeah. the defensive you know head. what? And that's Ken Norton, Jr.
0: That being said, I have the Raiders... Finishing third. But again it's hey. considering 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 where they've come from in recent years and
3: where, going, cool and where they're going. I'm cool with that. Where
0: they're going, is it's third with the arrow pointing up. Because
3: yes, all these yes. things
0: you're saying are true. Because if they had a if yes. they had a better D coordinated scheme, they could hide the fact yes. that their middle linebacker is lacking. You could move guys yes. around use some of your more talented linebackers like Irvin, like Matt. You can yep. use Mac in a multitude of ways. Yep. They don't Absolutely. do that yet. So until they oh. do that I can't put them at that position just yet. So this is third place. Yeah. They they will be like an eight and eight, nine and seven kind of team because they're gonna score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canada. Yeah.
3: We were seven and nine last year. We were seven and nine yeah. last year. So I'll take I'll take nine and seven, eight and eight. Yeah. They're gonna score. Yes, they're will. gonna score
0: a lot of points, but will they be able to stop people from scoring? And that, and from what we've seen. I can't. I don't. I don't trust them to play enough defense. When you have a team like Denver, you have a team like Kansas right. City who do a little bit of both. You can't. I can't mm-hmm. put the Raiders in front of those teams just yet. And I'm an offensive yeah. guy, but I don't think. They, I don't think this is the the elite level New Orleans Saint offense that is completely unstoppable. Not yet, at least. But they'll score enough, enough to make things interesting.
3: I absolutely agree. Just look at the Tennessee game. If you want to really see horrific defense, like I said, the almighty Tennessee Titans scored 27 in a row before punting, okay? And my starting D was out there for the whole first half, okay? Mariota was un- – unless the Titans' offense is real like that with one receiver. Okay? I don't think so. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. My point exact. Okay, okay, fellas. Rated trade. Thank you, Jay. We'll, Appreciate it. We'll talk to you real soon. So
0: bad. Holla back at us after week one. Let's, let's talk some more.
3: Oh, you know I will. Every every week. Got you, man. All right, one.
0: Last but not least, TJ. Defenders of the Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos. You have the Raiders in first place. I believe you had the Chiefs in third. Is that what I heard right?
2: No, I got the Chiefs in second. I got the Broncos, so the Broncos, Broncos third. in
0: third. So the Broncos are not making the playoffs, based on your assessment.
2: It's possible that they can make the playoffs. There could be three teams okay. coming out of that division and everything. When we do our final like wrap-up of everything, we can go from there. Um, they are basically shopping Sanchez at the just nine. They lost Peyton Manning. They lost Brock Osweiler. They did sign Russell Okong on the line, which probably helps the line out a little bit, but Okong hasn't been Okong the past couple of years. Not sure what C.J. Anderson is. He did play fairly well. They still got talent at the receiver spot. That defense is still going to be great. I'm not even going to deny that. Uh, You got to see how they play without um, Malik Jackson in the middle. Um, It's time for Shane Ray to step up and become more of a volume kind of player because where is not going to be able to be I think he's just getting older so they're not going to let him play as much you're going to have to let Shane Ray get in there I just have questions about the quarterback and to me this is probably the, this is the worst quarterback in the Major. division regardless Um, like I said but you still got Demarius the out there when you have Demarius and you've got Emmanuel Sanders you can still make plays but uh, will they be able to and still Major. have that that TJ, potency TJ. on 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 D.
0: DJ.
2: A few Kevin. times,
0: a few times on call sessions, you know, we've been doing this preview. I've had to ask you the question of, who's that? Who is Trevor Simeon? I, I don't never heard know of him this season. man. Where did they find him? Is he a creative player? Where did they find him? dude? Is someone playing real life franchise mode and made themselves and put them on the Broncos? <laughs> Who is Trevor Simeon? I don't know this dude. But but and this and this is where you and I differ. They basically had a corpse playing quarterback much of last season. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> they, <funny>. they, <laughs> they 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 had Brock Trashwaller play a couple of games. And all that being said, this team with that phenomenal defense won a championship. And, and of course, yes, they had players, but more than anything else, the Broncos used to scheme the hell out of people. Their schemes, it was hard to deal with them because they game plan beautifully. I don't expect that to change. They lost a couple of talented guys, but in the end, the key components of their defense, along with their D quarter, they're all in place. I think this team is going to finish in second place even with me or you playing quarterback because it's already been proven that they can play with a cast member of The Walking Dead and win a championship against the best team in the NFL who only lost one game last year. So, with that being said, I think Trevor, who the hell is that, Simeon, will be enough until my man Paxton Lynch is ready to take over the reins. Somewhere around week 7 or 8, I think he'll take over. And, and they'll be in second place. I believe they'll win 10 games. 10 and 6, Denver Broncos.
2: Yeah. I could see that happening. That defense is still should still be pretty good. I I don't know if they'll have that little bit of a Super Bowl lag coming off of that season. if They're not right, going to be able right. to get up for the games like how they how they
5: should. True. Um
2: True. So, like, yeah. And wait, wait is Chalif going to get suspended or did we hear anything about that?
0: No suspension as of yet.
2: Nah, uh, uh, as of yet, they still got good corners with. Um, Chris Harris, and I forgot who the other corner is, but still pretty good at safety. So they shouldn't, like, they shouldn't make a, a fall-off, but it's just because of the quarterback play. When teams start to, like, actually game plan for him and get, like, footage on him and see how he actually, what mistakes he makes, that will be my all-in offense right? and see how they well, play from there.
0: I think when we did the draft show, I, 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 was, I think I had liked Pat DeLich. And, and, I, and I think that they might have stole one in Paxton Lynch. I think the two best quarterbacks that come out of this draft won't be those two dudes that got drafted at the top. It's going to end up being Dak Prescott and Paxton Lynch in the end. Okay. And I think that I think that Lynch, once he gets a starting job, he'll be better. He'll be better than whoever that dude is. And Trevor Simeon, and And the, the Denver Broncos will be okay. I don't think they're division winning okay. But they'll be okay in terms of... I think they might be able to sneak it to the playoffs as a wild card. It'd be a very dangerous wild card
2: at that. Yeah, no, I could totally see that. But I'm just nervous for them for the lag. Um, Not too many teams still go back-to-back in terms of Super Bowl Seahawks. I think it was the last one to do that. So, like, in terms of still being a playoff team, they still got the majority of the key pieces there. But they lost two quarterbacks. I haven't heard that often happen at all, if at ever. Right. Just it's just a matter of seeing what that what Trevor I don't know his name, Simeon can do.
0: Okay. All right. Well, there you have it. I have the Chiefs one, Broncos two, Raiders three, Chargers four.
2: Yeah. I got the Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers.
0: There it is. This should be interesting. We're gonna have an argument about the division at some point. I already see it coming. I already. Oh, I that's
2: feel fine. Like, I feel you I like live for those moments. Pause.
0: <laughs> those, those moments
2: those moments are major key <laughs> it is
0: major key shout out to Kyle and the VMAs last night but TJ next week NFC East I, I'll find I'm not even
5: what's
2: up I'm not even doing no prep for that like I'm just going off the top of my head with that one like I already know what I want to talk about
0: we we kind of spilled the beans a couple of weeks ago on a different show but we're going to get more yeah, but, depth on call sessions yes yeah,
2: absolutely absolutely
0: you know all right. I mean? But I'll at you, TJ. I'm about to go do a couple of other things. Eddie's going to come over. We're going to talk some Mets and all of that. So next week, NFC nah. East, we do it, man. Let's do it. Eddie, what's up, bro? All right, man. Peace. Later. While well, we wait for Eddie to come on there. Eddie, where you at, bro? Your segment is waiting for you. Yeah, we. Tony Romo, man. Tony Romo. This guy. Really? To quote Stu Gatz, my
1: dude.
0: You get hurt multiple times in the past. You've had a back. You've had a punctured lung. I believe you've had broken ribs. A collarbone. At what point are you going to realize as a professional quarterback that you need to protect yourself? I know it's not boxing and it's to protect yourself at all times and all this and that. But when your body is as frail as yours is, 13 years in as a pro, you got to be a little bit better than that, Tony. You know, sports fans everywhere, we at work, we at school, wherever we talk about sports, we know what it is with Tony Romo. People have been calling for the Tony Romo injury since the football cycle began with the OTAs. People expected him to get hurt. Tony, your body knew it was going to get hurt. So why not prepare yourself for the absolute worst Or learn how to take sacks in the NFL You can no longer No longer Be a running quarterback in this league With the way your body is set up You need to invest in the Peyton Manning Take a sack program You know that program y'all Y'all know when a blitz is coming and Peyton Manning Essentially just falls sideways into the fetal position he just falls down. He mastered that move. It's laughable because a lot of, you know, you know, the, the real blue-collar guys, the guys who like to see old-school NFL, they don't like when quarterbacks just fall over like that. But Peyton Manning knew after, what was it, four neck surgeries, that he could not afford to take massive hits anymore. So instead of taking the massive hit, as soon as he felt the rush coming, they didn't, wouldn't even hit him. He would just fall on the ground. Then they would just have to touch him, and the play was over. Tony. I know you want to run. You want to be the Tony Romo that we all know and love. But you have to invest in the Peyton Manning Take a Sack program. That is a new movement on car sessions for fragile quarterbacks and older quarterbacks. The Peyton Manning Take a Sack program allows you to fall down on the ground. This game protects you, by the way. You can barely touch the quarterback. So all you have to do, quarterbacks, especially you, Romo, is fall on the ground. Fetal position, get touched down And that's it, alright That's all I'm gonna say As for this whole Ezekiel Elliott Going to the,
3: to the weed shop
0: And you have other people in the media Stay off the weed and all this and that I read the tweets, I'm at work So I don't watch the first take, But I read the tweets, I see the clips At some point we have to stop talking Out of both sides of our mouth When it comes to marijuana It's legal in certain states So if he was in a legal state and he went to a dispensary, why is his news? Technically, he did nothing wrong. If you really want to be literal about it, he did nothing wrong. Oh, he's a rookie. He should do this and that. Let's stop passing judgment. Let's stop, you know, projecting what we expect people that we don't even know what to do. Let these guys live their lives. And unless he's breaking some kind of law, huh? unless he's breaking some kind of law, leave him alone. Is that asking for too much? I don't think so. But Eddie's on the line We're going to get in this Mets segment real quick Real, real, real quick Let's get him on the air Eddie, welcome back
4: For having me on Yes,
0: yes, 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 yes Fire Terry Collins I'm just going to get that out of the way right now Now proceed What's going on, Ed?
4: Well, you know Here watching Mets and Marlins You know okay. uh, Mets are looking to uh, rebound from yesterday's defeat
5: Ugh.
4: Ugh. You can't I mean, win them all, Ray You can't win them all You know, it would have been can. nice But, you know, I mean We Eddie. talked about this earlier in the season It's all about taking series And you know what? The Mets have done Exactly that I mean, if you remember their last road trip It started, it was a disaster You know? They lost two out of three to the Diamondbacks. They lost the first two games to the Giants. And what happened? We all thought that the season was over.
0: Eddie, listen. I hear you, bro. I hear you. But right now, at this point in the season, it's not April. It's August. It's approaching September. Winning series and all of that sounds really good. But when you're in a playoff race and you have to sweep a team like the Phillies who are playing out the string you sweep them I don't want a hand taking series because we lost that game right and we lost space between ourselves and the Pirates the Pirates are now a half game out we're supposed to be trying to we have to leapfrog two teams Not just the Pirates are chasing we're chasing the Cardinals we have to leapfrog the Marlins and the Pirates and the Cardinals to get that wild card position Cannot give You're
5: away right.
0: You cannot give away games. Terry Collins, with the I understand guys are hurt. I respect that. But why in God's name would you have Jay Bruce and Krentison batting back-to-back? Why in God's name would you put our worst reliever in a bases loaded and know-out situation? Anson Robles has statistically been our worst reliever in August. He's been giving up everything. I saw the numbers this morning. It's ridiculous. Terry Collins and his game management, I've had enough of him. I, I, I almost want the Mets to miss the playoffs. So he
4: can get fired. I mean, hey, you know what? I I, I can't disagree with you on there. Like, you know, it, it's been an it's been an ongoing thing all season. You know, Terry Collins is just not a great X's and o's manager. But you know what? He really didn't have much to work with yesterday. You know, Cespedes is still dealing with the quad issue. It's probably you know something that they're gonna have to manage into the end of the year. You know, Neil Walker. You know, he's had a little bit of a back issue. It's something that he's had. You know, going back to his days with the Pirates. So, so, that's two big bats. You pretty much were playing without your three and four hitters yesterday. You have a rookie pitcher who was pitching really well, but they, he left him in there just a little too long, you know? As usual. So, you right. But you know what? I mean, you know these uh, the remaining seven games are quite. You know, for with the Marlins and stuff, and they got four games against the Marlins, and they got three games against the Nationals. I mean, you know, so far they're what? They're they're two and one in this homestand. You know, an eight and two homestand would look really good for the Mets. You know, seven and three at worst.
0: Uh, I need. You know what it is. I agree with you, but when those eight wins come, we need teams in front of them to lose, and you cannot make bad managerial decisions that cost us games during a wild card race. I have had my fill with Terry Collins. Terry Collins is entering that realm of Tom Coughlin for me where I just absolutely loathe the coach no matter how good the team might be he's getting there there for me bro I can't deal with it but again I'm staying the course with the Mets like I said to you last time you were on I believe we're going to make the playoffs I think with all the tribulations that the Mets have gone through to this point I fully expect us to make the playoffs and become war-hardened because of this season and because of what we went through a year ago in the postseason the teams don't want the Mets to make the playoffs. All things being equal, <laughs> nobody should want to see the Mets in the playoffs if they were to get there.
5: No,
4: you are absolutely 100% correct. If the Mets make the playoffs, and right now they're probably going to have to go that wild wildcard route. You do absolutely. not want to see a Noah the You do not want to see a Jacob DeGrom in a one-game playoff. You know, with everything that they went through last year, getting to the World Series and whatnot, you don't want to... Just like in the American League, you don't want to play the Kansas City Royals in a potentially one-game playoff. You do not want to see the Mets in the playoffs this year.
0: Um, Before I wrap up the segment here, I wanted to ask you about the AL wild card. I feel like, strangely enough, the AL East is just floating under the radar here. Like Nobody's talking about the fact that they have three teams separated by two games in the division. That I feel like the AL East, with all our Mets talk, we talk about the Mets, but... Who thought the AL East would be the best division in baseball coming into the season? That's my question to you. How impressed with you are? Uh, how impressed are you with the AL East right
4: now? I'm an, I'm very impressed. You know, you look at um, you know, obviously you got Toronto that has barely a one game lead over the Red Sox. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Their pitching uh-huh. has been outstanding this year. They have one of the best offenses in all of baseball. Then you got the Red Sox, which have the best offense in baseball. Yes. They have three legit MVP caliber players with Big Poppy, with Mookie Betts, with um, the shortstop Bull I mean, then let's not forget about Pejoria, you know? Um, you know, David Price, you know, after a tough start, you know, he's come around lately. You know, the ARA is slowly getting under three. I mean, well, actually, under four. Um, you got the Yankees, though. You know, they had a little bit of a fire sale for the first time in, like, what, ages, 25 years, and they're still in it. You know, they're only two and a half games in a, in the wild card. You know, they're probably not going to have enough to win the division. But then you got a guy in Gary Sanchez who comes up, and he's hitting monster home runs. You know? So, and then you got all that stuff. forget about Baltimore. You know what I mean? You got four teams, neck and neck. But I think when it all comes down to it, I... I think the the Blue Jays, you know, last year's experience, you know, them winning the ALE for the first time in 23 years, them making it all the way to the ALCS, I I think they're going to, you know, I think they're going to win that uh, division. And you got the Red Sox, they'll definitely win one of the wild card spots.
0: True indeed. And if they make it, I don't think that my man Batista is going to flip any bats. He doesn't want to get a right cross across the chin.
4: Again. You would, you you would hope, Nav. So just like I mentioned a few, just like I mentioned a few minutes ago, man. I mean, if the Kansas City Royals can make it, you know, they just had a string in August where their relievers threw 41 consecutive scoreless innings, and mind you, they're doing this without their uh, best relief pitcher, Greg. Um, not Greg Holland. Uh, what's the what's the closer's name? Wade Davis. You know, Mets yep. fans don't like hearing that name. You know, end up uh, striking out one Wilmer Flores in Game Five. One of the best pitches right, right, in all of all right, baseball. All right. <laughs> he's been, you know, he's been he's been hurt for the majority of the year though, and they just continue to win. They still have suspect starting pitching. Their their opening day third baseman has been out for most of the year with a torn ACL, but they're still right in there. Listen, I'm telling you, don't want to see the Royals in the playoffs. You don't want to see the Mets in the playoffs. All
0: right, Ed, I just want to say. The streak continued. Your, your glorious record went to six and one. It was a beautiful weekend yes. at City Field. You know, yeah. I think we we approached <laughs> I think we should have went. One of us should have went to the Sunday game. Honestly, you know, I felt I, like I, was you're absolutely
4: left. right. If one of us would have been in the building at the stadium Sunday afternoon, the Mets would have swept the Phillies. So you know absolutely. what, Mets fans, we're sorry. We're sorry. I apologize. It never happened again
0: apologize, fire Terry Coughlin uh, Terry. see I'm about to say Terry Coughlin, I'm, I'm still mad at Tom Coughlin, fire Terry Collins. I don't care, World Series or not get him out of here, I'm sorry yeah. it's like, <laughs> right fire Terry Collins. I get him out of here but Ed man, I appreciate you next week, hopefully if work allows we'll do it again man
4: Absolutely. And hopefully a week from now, you know, the Mets have just completed an 8-2 and homestand. You don't want to yeah. talk to me if the Mets only went 5-5 five and five or 6-4. and four. Let's just hope yeah. for the best. Uh, yeah. Let's yeah. just hope for the best. And hopefully by the, by the time we talk next week, you know, uh, DeGrom will be back in the rotation, you know. Um, yeah. Hopefully he pitches well against the Nationals and uh, yeah.
0: Cabrera back in the lineup, Walker back in the lineup. The Mets A team is still a pretty damn good team. Let's not get it confused. That's all I'm going to say.
4: You're absolutely right.
0: Until next week, guys.
4: Up until, yeah, until next week, my friend. Let's go Mets.
0: Let's get it. Transitioning on. It's a heavy show. I've, I've gotten a lot in here. Um, I wanted to talk about John Wall. A week ago, he made some comments in relation to Bradley Bill getting that extremely ignorant contract, saying that he has to go out there and earn it. He went on to say that he's the A option and Bradley Bill is A1. He called him a sidekick. When it's all said and done, it sounded like a lot of saltiness from the block it sounded like a lot of hate coming out of John Wall's grip. Apparently, he, he spoke about James Harden's contract as well, or just the money that was going around and the money that he's not available to get as a because he still has two years left on his deal. And, you know, because the NBA, that's, that's the block sport. And a lot of us on the block in, in these neighborhoods, we look at those kind of comments and we call out, we call it hate. John Wall sounded like a world-class hater sounded salty that his sidekick is making maybe double the money he's making and had to, you know, basically measure himself in front of the media to show that he still was the, he had the the heaviest swing, for lack of a better word but now, because it looks that way he had to jump out in front and say that he's not watching the money of a Bradley Bill and a James Harden, but really and truly John Wall, at the end of the day once you make a comment about somebody's money and how they have to go about earning it, you've, you've put yourself in a hater bracket. When you go out there and you call a person who just signed a new deal, out of your way to call them a sidekick. You're not Shaq and Bradley Bill's not Colton. None of you guys have a certain level in terms of stature to where anybody can be called a, a sidekick. Maybe in terms of roles on the team, by all means. But that's not something you see out now because your star is not that right, my friend. You don't talk about the next man's money because your star is not that bright, my friend. What you have to realize is that, you know, technically speaking, you've been kind of a disappointment in your career, considering where you were supposed to be as an NBA superstar, where you were drafted, no less. You were supposed to be a big time superstar in this league, and you're not. You're a known name, you're a known commodity. But there's a few guards in your conference that are ahead of you. You can't get around Kyrie Irving. Isaiah Thomas has more name recognition right now. And not because he shares the name of a former NBA great, but because his game, you know, puts him in a position to where you have to put respect on his name. So you should not be out here making any kind of comments. Really and truly, we should not have heard from you at all this offseason. I'm not trying to railroad you, John Wall, but I'm just trying to say, considering where you are and where you aren't, from a playoff run to no playoffs at all you needed to take several seats improve your game give your man the dab on a new contract and tell him personally now nah, you have to earn it letting that camera or that microphone get in front of your mouth and make the comments you made put yourself in the hater bracket and really and truly you were a hater you were salty about that so you know i would have respected you more if you owned it with so that being said After these comments come You tried to retract it We shouldn't hear from you Until media day For the Washington Wizards Really and truly I want to circle back Before I wrap up Card sessions My man William is about to come on You know I'm kind of tired here I have to Take a breath right there Yeah okay Now I'm good 300 pounds Of sports knowledge Coming on I wanted to talk about This whole Colin Kaepernick deal one more time. William, my friend, had an interesting experience on Twitter, and I wanted him to talk about that on Car Sessions. So, William, finally, welcome back to Car Sessions. I wanted, you know, for you to talk about that experience you had on Twitter and the exchange you had in terms of the Kaepernick Kaepernick situation and how people responded to you when you voiced your opinion.
5: Well, I mean, how's it going, man, first and foremost, man? I hope everything's going well with you guys, man. Um, you know, I mean, it's just unfortunate. Uh, there's a gentleman, I can't remember his name right now, that's uh, slipping from, from my memory. You know, but he did write a piece, you know, today as far as, like, you know, his disagreement uh, with, what caught, what caught, with what Colin Kaepernick did. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, he has, this, he has his right to that opinion. But at the same time, you know, people have to go back and respect Colin Kaepernick's right as well. And, you know, I simply asked him. And basically, Clay Travis was a gentleman's name. He never he never responded to me, but other people did. And it was something I I simply asked him, you know, if there was a situation where black police police officers were, you know, killing white people, how would how would you feel? And you know, he didn't respond. Some people responded with general, you know, knowledge and awareness of it. Some people took the took the other road. But I mean, it, 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 it's a situation in this country that I think Colin Kaepernick has really brought to the forefront because his actions was one thing, but his words were truly something different. And I think of, of too many people, people have not taken the opportunity to listen to the message that he is trying to get across, just in the they've, been so, they've
0: been so caught up on the action that they they, right. they haven't heard the message yet.
5: Right. And I mean, maybe just maybe this could possibly get people to realize. Well, you know what, this guy is coming from some place on this. I doubt it's going to happen. But I mean, it's. I mean, it's. It's to me. I think it's really mind-boggling because he's not going out there. And really trying to disrespect the military, like a lot of people are trying to insinuate that he is. That is not. That is the furthest thing from the truth. He's talking about the injustice, or injustice rather, where police are killing unarmed people, and then they're basically walking scot free. And I mean, this has been an issue that has gone on for years, but in the past few years, it's gone to another level. And we've seen people, you know, blacks and whites alike protest over these issues and we've really gotten nowhere. And I mean, like, like he said, you know, look, there are some police officers that are doing this and they're, and they're getting away with paid leave and they're just going about their business. And then these families, you know, are just sit on, um, they just sit around and are questioning why, you know, this happened to our family member. And don't get me wrong. You, you, I mean, there are issues on both sides because there have been people who have killed, you know, police officers. And I'm sure, like, all all police officers are not bad people. And, you know, these people, like, the officers that were killed down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, or whether it be the police officers that were killed in Dallas, these, these guys, more than likely, you know, were hardworking people. They had, had families to go home to, and they had families to support. But I think Colin Kaepernick, you know, he had the guts to do what he did, because a lot of people, there are a lot of people out there that probably feel the same way that he does, but they just did not do the stance that he that he did. And he took he took this stance knowing that there's a possibility that he could have career genocide over this, but he true still indeed. did it.
0: True indeed. Yo, you know, I, I wanted to get you on. I'm Me glad that I did because it just goes back to what I was oh, saying earlier. About the fact that Beyond the action And like I said on earlier Selfishly Because his message is so powerful I wish he hadn't sat down Because it allowed people to memory to leave they, they wanted to focus on him sitting down so much That they didn't really care about what he said So selfishly I wish he would not have done that Because people are Disregarding the obvious Colin Kaepernick has not said anything That was new My issue here is that he's saying the obvious, and people are are nitpicking around the periphery as opposed to dealing with the obvious. They're nitpicking about what he did in terms of sitting down. They're nitpicking about his stature in the NFL, or or his agenda, or everything else involved. His position as 49ers quarterback. What does it have to do with the fact that what he's saying about the racial tensions in America are all 100% factual? And that is my issue here. I feel like for us to even minutely go forward as a nation, we have to deal with the obvious that's in front of us. And stop looking at whether it's reverse racism or certain things are getting highlighted while our things are not being highlighted. Let's just deal with the fact that there's a fracture and we need to heal it. That's, that's where I feel it needs to be. That's what I feel needs to be done in order for us to go forward. Oh, as you saw today, is so many dissenting views, but nobody wanted to deal with the obvious albatross, the obvious elephant right. in the
5: room. Right. Right. Well, if we can't I, you know. That, we to go well, you know what's what's lost in all of this to me. I think it's Chip Kelly because Chip Kelly has basically, who the Niners head coach, has given Colin Kaepernick the platform. To like speak his mind and defend himself I remember this was the same Chip Kelly that when he was a Philadelphia Eagles head coach He was criticized by A lot of his black players Who really were a step away from calling him a racist And I think you know A guy like Chip Kelly who knows the majority of his Locker room is black you know Has given a guy like Colin Kaepernick the opportunity To come out there and and speak His mind the 49ers Organization has not You know turned their back on him yet And I think the biggest uh, telling thing about this whole issue with Kaepernick is this. He said, "Listen, if any of his teammates have an issue with what he said, you know, there's, listen, come to me, talk to me, you know, we, you know, and I'll, I'll understand where you're coming from, and you can understand where I'm coming from. And I think that's the overall message that a lot of people want to get out there. It's not that you're out there to like disrespect somebody, but you have to understand where people are coming from." And on this issue And a lot of other issues It's too much It's too one-sided People want you to respect Their issues And where they're coming from But they don't want to understand You and where you're coming from Exactly
0: And with that said I gotta wrap up this episode That was the best way For us to wrap it up You scored really strong Right there William William Martin 300 pounds of sports knowledge I appreciate you For coming on tonight man
5: As always man It's a pleasure man Be good man
0: Definitely My man, William, bring it real. That's what it's all about here on Card Sessions. We say the obvious and we speak on the obvious. We're not going to tippy-toe around it. We're not going to, you know, try to play a certain side or the other side or or push certain agendas. We discuss the facts as they're brought in front of us. I'm going to say it one more time. For us to go forward, we have to deal with the obvious. If we can't deal with the obvious, we're going to be stuck in neutral. That's all. Till next time, I'm out of here.